How's it going? It's going. It's going great. We just made um, Big CD. We did just make Big CD. So we're a little... And eat it. <laughs> and then watch an episode of Sopranos. I drank wine. It's a pretty excellent, excellent night activity. Yeah. I mean, Recommend we'll it to see, anybody. We'll see how it goes in terms of recording a podcast. Recording a podcast and like cheese nightmares. Tapping into the mm. like dream psychology of the show. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that. There's a Sopranos cookbook. You can check that out if you care to go as deep into the show as some. No, Alex has gone already this deep. We We've were... done it before. Yeah. No, it's not, not the first I time. mean, I wouldn't say we, we. really, <laughs> but definitely we were going to make lasagna and Alex um, demanded. Well, I didn't demand. I, ins- re- I insisted. Insisted. <laughs> <laughs> That we make Carmela's lasagna, and I had to really try to convince him that Carmela is a fictional, a fictional character. character. Um, it was pretty good. I mean, that lasagna was great, and this big ziti, to be fair, was also really was great. was also great. So, there you go. Last left's on you. <laughs> <laughs> Next I time mean, you can't have any. Okay. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. We're going to talk about commendatory. Yep. Which, I mean, there's food in this episode. Polly tries to... He's eating some, like, delicious squid ink pasta. Yeah. And he tries to order macaroni and gravy. Gravy. Yeah, and they're confused. I don't know about it. They're very confused. (laughs) I wish... I wish that I could have English translations of the Italian Mm -hmm. throughout this episode. Yeah. Is that possible to do? Well, you could speak... Italian. I you could, could learn Italian. <laughs> that's a no. good point. I'm just wondering, like, if I had turned on subtitles, I don't what think would so. have happened? No. Okay. I don't think so. I mean, because they they do have subtitles, and they do choose when to actually translate. Which is interesting, right? Yeah. Like, I I think I'd like to know what they're saying. It's it's amazing how clear it can be what characters are saying, even though I don't speak Italian, right? right? So like, you know, they're making fun of Polly, right? Or, yeah, that's you know, a great line. I can't think of you thought that the Germans were classless pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I referenced that as one of my favorite lines in the last episode we did. And it's just waiting, waiting yeah. until we got to see that part. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, but yeah. Well, there's a lot to talk about in this episode. I mean, it's an episode that's written by David Chase and directed by Tim Van Patten. So we which know it's important. We always kind of, yeah, you can kind of tell when they're focusing on an episode and that it's an important mm-hmm. one i mean that's like tim van Patten now has been established as one of the main directors and as the show goes on he might even be established as the main director which other episodes has he done so far that's a great question but i can't answer that right now because i <laughs> ate too much big ziti okay i understand i'll get we'll get back to you yeah i feel like he might have only done one. Oh no it's all unraveling. <laughs> um, well, he does a lot in the future. We will write this in the show notes. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, we can just answer it later. It'll be yeah. Fun. Uh, so I was thinking it might be useful to organize this episode around themes that kind of I think that's a great come idea. Up because some of the themes really span both um, the New Jersey Sopranos world as well as Italy, and some of them could kind of stand. Some of them are kind of. Timeless is the wrong word, but some of them could span no matter where the Sopranos are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was thinking about the like marriage aspect, mm-hmm. and there's we see a lot of examples in all aspects of this episode that discuss marriage. I was also thinking about maybe that concept of just kind of like returning to where you come from and the kinds of actions or emotions that you experience when you're doing that. Yeah. 
And then I was thinking about, I had one more. Women, I, I think. Oh, yeah, women, right? So just, like, generally, like, women in positions of power, which is a, a good, a timely thing to talk about yeah. anyways. so And also a relevant piece of this episode. Totally. For sure. Well, a relevant piece of The Sopranos. They, they deal with women and their power and not power. Definitely. I think All that some of the female characters, though, are really kind of, like, coming into their own as of this episode. In fact, I almost feel like it's, like, a new act for Soprano. Mm. No, for Carmella, not for Soprano. For Soprano. For Soprano. Oh, God, the ZD. It's kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm the one who's had wine, so. Okay. Well, that's okay. Yeah. But, no, I feel like where this episode takes Carmella in terms of her realizations of what her life is and what power she actually has mm. and seeing the power Angie Bonpassero yeah. dealing with some very similar issues to her own where the show ends up and we, maybe we can talk about that when we get there <gasps> but I think no 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 when this episode ends oh you I've, said where the show ends up well like this show like this episode oh okay. yeah this, this is, is a, this is the ZD episode it's a little looser a great podcast <laughs> but no where the episode ends I feel that Carmela's almost like her arc has gone somewhere. I feel like she's kind of a new character in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's kind of figured some things out and that her relationship with Tony will be different from now on. There was a few things like even like that last scene of like Tony coming in the door and like looking at like not only a high camera angle looking down to make him like look diminutive or, or anything like that, but it's like it's so extreme. Mm-hmm. It like goes beyond anything we've ever seen of camera mm. angles. Okay, like it's it's excessive actually. It's like she's like looking down. Actually, even though she's, I don't think she's, she's in the not, room. Yeah. Right, but I think it's like it's the implications of it are strong. Like Tony kind of looks up and he's like so powerless. Yeah. Kind of from that angle. Yeah. And Carmela's now looking down. Like I think she's realizing the power that she actually has over him. And actually, in that last scene. Oh, here we are. I know what you're talking about it, but that's okay. It's a good it's a good way to get into it. But in that last scene when she's in the room doing the laundry, there's actually a painting behind her of roses, which we saw Angie taking the roses that Pussy brought and actually like hitting him in the face. The question is though, has that painting always been there? Well, what room we, is that? Because we realized I think it's their bedroom. I don't think so actually. You know, I okay. think it's a different room. Okay. Yeah. But the schematics and floor plan of the Soprano house are not <laughs> the most it's hard I, to know. I wonder if David Chase designed that house kind of like David kind Lynch, of like David Lynch yeah. designed a house for Lost Highway yeah I was thinking about that <laughs> no but I mean it's we extreme. did we did realize that I, I thought maybe the picture of the four women discussing mm-hmm. whatever they're discussing and the picture above Tony and Carmela's bed I yes. thought that had not always been there but I think it always has been yeah at least it's still there it's still there so I wonder about that floral arrangement. Anyways. I'm just not entirely positive which room it is. So it's a little yeah. it's a little hard to tell. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. But I think that it's very relevant, the like bouquet of roses. It's something that Angie then wielded, like something like kind of to like make okay. up for all so of le- the let's talk about women then. Okay, let's talk about it. Okay. Um, where do you want to start? <laughs> where do you want to start? Well, I like to see so for me there's like some key women that we focus on in this episode that we've sometimes never met before yeah sometimes have met as another actor that's right um yeah angie bonfantero is actually in two cases because um oh no never mind 
No, don't we see don't we see um, Silvio's wife as another actress at one point? I think so, too? but basically it's only in like the montage of them like basically at the end of season one leaving the wedding. So yeah. we see them kind of like grabbing their wives and leaving. There's no like l- not in the montage in the in the episode where there is the wedding. We see that. Yeah, but there's kind of like you're right. It's not really a montage. It's not like Rocky, but <laughs> there's like a quick succession of shots of like all of the characters yeah. like leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, grabbing their I think family. it's like Angie and her, and I forget her name now off the top of my head. But right, um, both of them we've seen only as other actors. Right, we've never met Annalise. Annalisa. Annalisa. I thought it was Annalisa. Annalisa. But... Yeah, I think you're right. Um. We, you know, we kind of know Rosalie. She was kind of a side. She's becoming a bigger character, though. And she will be bigger yeah. and bigger. Um, yeah, I, I would focus on on those, yeah. particularly Angie and Carmela and Annalisa. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, that I think that's great. I thought one thing, the earliest thing in the episode that I uh, was thinking of is when they're all at dinner and Don Vittorio walks in with Annalisa kind mm. of like behind him, everybody stands up. And I think that like the original interpretation of that, the like easy interpretation is like, oh, they're all showing respect to him. Well, and but even they to- aren't necessarily. Tony like whispers to Polly like, it's Don Vittorio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's funny because he actually like kind of eyes down Annalisa in like a sexual way. Yeah. And like that's typically the relationship that Tony has with women. But the power dynamics kind of flipped on its head throughout the episode as we find out that she's actually running things. Yeah. So. And we get so many mentions. Well, not so many, but we get two mentions of, um, well, many mentions, really, of her being a female boss. Yeah. And a lot of the talk is around, well, this could never happen in America, right? So Tony says that to her directly. Furio says that to Tony and saying, like, what, you don't have that in America? Yeah. Um, I find it really interesting. Like, what is it about her? What is it about Italy and the way that the mob functions there? Or, like, what is it that allows her to be who she is there? Because we Mm -hmm. definitely don't see anything like that, right? It's in direct contrast to what we're seeing of the women in Soprano world back in New Jersey. Yeah. So how is she different? Um... Yeah, it's, it's it's. Well, she's involved in the family business. That's the first right. thing. Right. Well, she's make she's made a choice, unlike the other mob wives, right? Yeah. Like she's made a choice to actually be involved. Her husband's in prison. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, she said, yeah, she says he's. And her dad by. is Don Vittorio. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's not unlike Carmela. Right. In some ways, you know, like if had Carmela made a choice to be more involved. But I don't know if it's an option to be. Hmm. I mean, no. The culture, That's okay. so, the yeah, culture so, in New yeah. Jersey, is like such a culture of patriarchy. I don't think that any of them would allow it to happen. Yeah. So it's interesting. Maybe we'll come back to this too when we talk about like going back to where you come from. But like typically when we think about like the old world or whatever yeah. you want to call it, right? It is kind of this return to more traditional values, right? Of which patriarchy is definitely one of them yeah <laughs> um and misogyny and so it's just interesting like in this world where there are so many of those things still present that she was able to we don't know what her path was but probably the combination of 
who she is as a person and the situation and the context that was going on. But she makes some great comments too. Like she talks, she talks about why women make great bosses, right? Which it, she was basically yeah. saying like, well, all my brothers and whatever, like my husband's in jail, killed my brothers were all killed. Um, and she's a great negotiator. And she's she, a great but, negotiator, But it's yeah. not like she acts like a dude either. No. She uses her power as yeah. a woman to manipulate. Definitely. Yeah, that was a great scene actually. In the end when they're negotiating in the like Oracle's cave, mm -hmm. that was something that I, I don't think I realized as much until this viewing. I think when I reflected on this episode, I remember thinking like the show kind of almost maybe like lost some of its verisimilitude like in terms of its like Tony getting with Annalisa it just seemed cheap or something. Mm. But watching it this time, it was actually hilarious because I realized that like she's kind of initiating these advances and then Tony actually blocks it off and then she kind of gets angry and immediately goes into business. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I think it just kind of implies that she was like using this sexual tension and sexual energy like completely for business purposes. Totally. She's completely manipulating the situation. Yeah. And so, and then it goes into, she's she's kind of angry because like that route where she has power over him is now gone and yeah. they go into this kind of different type of negotiation. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was, that was super interesting. Yeah. One, one thing too with it actually is you were talking about like the old world and mm. the values there and typically you would think it's more conservative. I think that actually they, they touch on that and it's an interesting thing to think about because even there where they're meeting at the cave of the oracle mm. and she's knowledgeable about ancient history beyond what Tony is. Mm. So mm. Tony talks about Roman history a lot and then she kind of expands on it and talks about Greek history and pre-Roman and whoever was there before that yeah. so talking about you know the people that have inhabited Italy and the cultures and the beliefs and you know the like religious maybe even like military well, the, aspects the of these the oracles were always women too yeah exactly right, right? Yeah. so that's kind of what I was getting at like the old world but it's beyond just the way of thinking of it in terms of like old Europe and like medieval Europe or like you know but the, that's kind where of where Tony is from. right because the only image that we kind of get into Tony's brain well we get a few images obviously but we get one really clear image of him dressed as a gladiator and her dressed yeah. as a something. slave woman or something <laughs> like I don't know like yeah and there, he's having this very short sex dream. It's a very, it's, it's a very, very short small. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like he's caught up, like he likes History Channel. Yeah. Right. And he, that's how he sees, you know, they, and even, I mean, like Polly has this view of Italian women, right? Like he's like the women here, they're all so beautiful. Yeah. When Chris gets there, he's like, oh, like first thing is go to the topless beach and then to the volcano. Mount Vesuvio, yeah. Which I don't want to talk about that part <laughs> we'll very there. much. I know, it yeah. makes me so sad. But so they all have this kind of like image mm -hmm. of these, I don't know, yeah. like nubile um, totally. country, like, you know, like kind of like the scenes from The Godfather, right? Like where we have these kinds of characters who have you know in some ways really little substance they're beautiful they're kind they're angelic they're meandering through the fields right that's kind of i think how these guys see italian women right or see women who are different from the wives or the partners that they have back home right that image is really different from carmela it's really different from adriana 
it's really different while Polly doesn't have a partner. But um, there's they all have the, these images of what it means to go back to Italy and what women in Italy are like. And then they encounter Annalisa, who I think is really off-putting for all of them in right. a lot of ways. I mean, Christopher, I don't think ever meets her, but Christopher never meets anybody. Christopher doesn't really meet anybody there. But so I think he meets Tano or whatever his name Tano. is. No, he does meet one woman who's lying right. in bed with him at the end. Yeah, I guess he does meet an intelligent. Polly also meets a prostitute who's amazing. I love right. I love that character. Yeah. Um I love her because she's Yeah, I don't know. She she's great. She's just like no nonsense. Like very much unlike again, these the, well, these images of women who we we know that they think about. It. They were trying to watch The Godfather or The Godfather Two. At Godfather the Two, I think, because well, the only well, Tony reason why talks about it. Well, no, yeah. because I forget who it is, but one of them says that their favorite scene is when he pulls in Fredo for the kiss and says, yeah. you, know, "You broke my heart." So that's Godfather Two. Yeah, and well, <laughs> and then Tony describes the scene where with the crickets and the music, where they're going back to visit. Don, oh yeah, Don, Don Ciccio. So going back. So yeah, they yeah. were going to watch Godfather Two, which is a great idea. It's always a good idea to watch Godfather Two. Yes. <laughs> and you know there's some stuff actually in Godfather 2 that kind of ties into this episode and we actually saw it was recently. there any orange juice there actually was orange juice I know at the, yeah. when Paul was with his prostitute <laughs> I know <laughs> that's true but there's a few things actually because like, when we were watching it recently there's these there's a couple moments that I think like really tie in to the Sopranos on the whole and I think are directly kind of taken from that movie and placed into this world so it's interesting that they reference it like so directly in this one one of them actually talking about when we were mentioning the roman illusions that have happened throughout the show and in this episode tony's dream and the oracle of delphi there's a really critical exchange at the end of godfather 2 where tom hagen and frank pentangeli are talking about was like this thing of ours it was saying like it was like the Roman Empire mm. like saying that outright and saying well I don't know if it is now but it was and for me that was like a really critical moment for Tony as a character who's constantly referring back to Roman history mm. and having like a house where the architecture is evocative of Roman architecture watching you know like a lot of thing I mean just his interest in history in general and in constant references to Rome I think is is interesting in the context of the mafia world and relating well, it to that movie and we see that in this episode as well and I'll let you I'm sure you have something else to say but we see that when they first pull up in the taxi to their hotel and they say something about like there's an arch kind of behind them, and mm-hmm. they make some reference to Artie's restaurant, like right. oh if they if he saw how it really looked in real life, right. like something. Yeah, I forgot exactly what they say. And then of course you were just talking about like the house that Tony lives in, right? Which is like tries its best to be um, to refer to Italian yeah. architecture. But then we see, of course, the house that Annalisa lives in, and even like the hotel that they stay in are trying to reference more like modern um non-italian yeah architecture and style yeah i guess except for when they go into her backyard or her old the house where her father was born that's next door to her right modern house right? yeah totally yeah yeah i mean i yeah definitely and i think i think there's actually i mean there's a lot of things from the movie i, mean, I think they'll kind of come up and we can discuss them as they happen okay um but there's even some things from that movie even in terms of like the symbols that this show uses 
that I think are kind of like an homage are coming from that movie totally. outside of Oranges, which is a pretty obvious mm. one. And I think this show actually expands on it. Something that I think is worth looking out for is eggs in this show. I feel yeah. like Sopranos kind of develops their own symbolism of eggs as opposed to oranges. They actually like grow out of using oranges. So that's something to like look out eggs. for in the, like in when the episodes and, coming Like up. when Andrew drops the eggs on the floor in this episode? Maybe. Yeah, there's an example. But there's there's a lot there's a lot coming up. Hmm. And tying that to death and ruin hmm. and some, some other things. The other big one for me upon watching that movie recently is water. And there's some shots of like Fredo right before he's brought out and well, man, I don't, I don't want to ruin Godfather 2 for anyone who hasn't seen it. I probably just did, but that's okay. I guess most people have probably seen the Godfather movies. You that movie know. came out in 1973. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Go see it. It's a great movie. Yeah. But there's some shots that have a character kind of like contemplating something over a body of water. Right. That are almost identical to the framing of shots in The Sopranos. Right. And they kind of come up at similar times when yeah. people are like contemplating their mortality. Yeah. And water just kind of, yeah, is always showing up. And in particular, like scenes of like people at a dock mm-hmm, or like, mm-hmm. yeah, people in a frame that's predominantly like a lake or a pond or something. And just having one person like just squeezed into the frame is kind of coming yeah. from the movie. Yeah. There was a few things even like in this that I thought were interesting. Um some of the symbolism of this show that they've really developed within their language. One thing I was thinking of is when he's with Annalisa and they're golfing and you have these kind of like, not branches, but kind of like wisps of a tree or mm-hmm. greenery that like typically we've seen moving in the wind. Mm-hmm. And they're actually like very still in this moment. There's something actually that's like not moving things around, whereas they typically are when mm-hmm. there's kind of something like that showing up. And then interestingly, like right after that scene, they go to a restaurant with kind of like this window behind them with this kind of like water mm-hmm. behind them, which is almost identical to the scene in Isabella where they go to a restaurant. Yeah. And there's actually like a direct close up on Annalisa's mouth. And there was this direct close up on um, Isabella's teeth before yeah. going into his fantasy of this like Italian mother. Yeah. So I thought that that was... Yeah, that was that was definitely interesting. Well, I was going to talk about that in terms of women because I think that that is an interesting contrast, right? Because they do definitely do things to make you think of Isabella during this episode. Yeah. And, like, for sure, there was a lot of scenes that really reflected that. Um, but Isabella and Annalisa are completely different women. I think, like, Isabella really does fit into, although, okay, she's a ostensibly a dental student or whatever. Right. I mean, a dream dental student. Um, She is this kind of, like, old world. Like, when we see her holding baby Antonio or whatever, right? Like, it is evocative of that kind of imagery of these, like, traditional mothers, right? Whereas Annalisa is also a mother, right? Right. Um, But she holds so much power. I was also going to talk about how she uses men's golf clubs. I thought that was right. great. He's yeah. Like we could get you a set of women's golf clubs. Well, there's just so many ways that she is challenging the like stereotypes yeah. and gender roles that they're all yeah. carrying and bringing there. The yeah. prejudice. Yeah. And it's interesting, yeah, just to see like how actually it works in Italy and that they're confronted with the fact that their worldview is 
kind of wrong in a way mm -hmm. that it doesn't hold true that mm -hmm. things that they thought weren't possible are completely possible mm -hmm. clearly and in some ways as we're seeing may even work better mm -hmm. that there's advantages like yeah that her as a as a woman brings things to that job that actually are advantageous totally yeah to that family can we talk for just a second about don vittorio yeah he's the best he's really he just the loves best street guy. names i love i love the way he says major deegan express <laughs> <laughs> it's a great thing to talk about it's like major d gun express Way. <laughs> <laughs> I also like it when Annalisa then kind of like wheels away. She's like, we can talk about street names later. And he just looks so pissed and yeah, sad. Yeah, he's like, oh, come like, on, guys. want to talk about street names. And then later, I didn't catch this, like, in, I don't think, in past viewings. He's like, what street are we taking to get yeah. home? Like, he's also, like, <laughs> just obsessed with streets. That's literally all he talks about. There's yeah. something about him that actually reminds me of Don Chicho too. I know, too, me too. From Godfather too. It's just that. Well, this is the last scene, actually, where Don Chicho's like, kind of, like, older, kind of, like, decrepit, yes. like, sitting in this chair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, me too. I was thinking about that. I don't yeah. know if it was a wheelchair in Godfather 2, but... Yeah, like, I don't remember the, like the exact... Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it is kind of like the passing of the old guard, too, like, for a show that has so many generational themes. Like, you have Don Ciccio dying when Don Corleone comes back and kills him and kind of, like, ushers in this new era. I mean, mostly for himself, it's like a personal journey. Mm -hmm. But he's like, there's a sense of closure to kind mm -hmm. of, like, where he comes from. Mm -hmm in terms of him becoming who he had to be. Mm -hmm. And there's something, too, like there's like a new paradigm or something with Annalisa running the family. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, with her as a character when she's talking to Tony and they're at the home, the household home. And actually, first of all, as they're talking, there's like the classic soprano shot where you see two people talking, like Tony and Annalisa. And then in between them, you can see her dad, the Don in Italy, yeah. kind of just like in the distance behind them as yeah. they're actually talking about him, yeah. which is great. But I thought it was super interesting where she said, what are you going to do? Send him to a spitz, I think. <laughs> she was using an Italian word, but okay. talking about like, well, like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't, you need to look after him. He's family. Yeah. And that was really interesting compared to... Junior. Well, Junior and also with Livia. I right. mean, all the drama on season one occurring around Tony sending her to an old age of course, home. Of course, And her not being able to understand that right. coming from these kind of like older values. Yeah. I mean, it branches kind of nicely into a discussion of like, you know, going back to your ancestral home or whatever we want to call that theme of this episode, right? Because we've already kind of talked a little bit about the differences, right? Like between, and we've like mentioned things like old world and new world values and things like that. Um, but I kind of want to go into that a little bit deeper. Was there anything else you had on like some of the women in this episode that you wanted to? I think, um, no, that's, that's, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah let's do that. Um, I just felt like, I don't know, all the characters, like, so there's all these Italian characters going back to Italy. All of them, I don't know if Tony's been there before even. Right. Right? I, I, I think I'm correct in saying that none of them have been there before. Because they talk about it. Like, Polly says, Polly says outright, which I just love Polly for so yeah. many reasons. But I love him a lot in this episode. Um, saying, like, this is a big deal for me. Yeah. You know? 
Um, we have Junior even back home saying, I never got to go there. Yeah. We have the rest of the, you know, nuclear soprano family all, well, we don't see AJ, I guess, but we see Meadow and Carmela both being visibly upset that yeah. they're not going to Italy with yeah. Tony. Um, we see for Christopher, right? Again, I don't want to talk about it. But we see he wants to go to the topless beaches and he wants to go to Mount Vesuvius. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a big deal. Yeah, totally. You know, we have, like, even back home, like, I forget, Pussy's talking about it with um, Skip. Right. You know? Yeah. We see this is a big deal for these Italian, these characters of Italian heritage. Right. Um, also interesting to see Pussy talking about it with Skip in a way that's actually giving him real information on those yeah, transactions. Yeah, on, on the car thing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the danger that that presents to Tony that we see. Yeah. Um, I, th I thought it was also, yeah, with that too, like with Junior saying he never went and then Tony kind of like patting him on the back and saying it's not over yet, leaves Junior like in a wheelchair sitting there. Like there's definitely a sense of like a downward trajectory from here for Junior. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not left from that interaction. I don't leave that feeling like Junior probably will get to Italy. Yeah. And like things do like rather bleak for him. It's interesting seeing Junior in a wheelchair, right? Because we mm -hmm. don't see that really. Well, maybe um, he's but, turning into that, well, you know, Italian say, Don or Don Ciccio Don or... Don Vittoria. Right. <laughs> um, so but I was going to say like, you know, Don again, Junior. it's, it's, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? <laughs> um... But yeah, so we see these characters kind of grappling with this aspect. But yet, for all of them, Italy doesn't isn't what it's cracked up to be in their right. in their minds or totally. whatever, right? So we, I love that the opening scene. Well, first of all, the opening scene is an FBI warning, which is great right. always, right? Yeah. Um, but then they're trying to watch The Godfather too, and so they're putting themselves. Tony mentions like when he's talking about his favorite scene, he mentions the crickets. You know, we've had in past episodes, I mean, obviously lots of references to nature, but we've had like Janice in two episodes ago talk about how she misses the fireflies, right? Yeah. So, you know, they're not crickets, obviously, but we have this reference to these other places that are um, more pure, more whatever, mm -hmm. right? Um, they're all So they're all watching the, or trying to watch this movie. Once they get there, right, we have, you know, I won't, I can't talk about Christopher, but we have yeah. Polly, right? So Polly's a great character to talk about in his, you know, experience this. He's an older guy. Like, yeah. he's, he's not young. It's his first time getting to Italy. He's the one, he actually speaks, it seems, relatively good Italian. Right. He at least can, like, you know, I mean, he does basic... call everybody commendatory, which is plural. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he just, he thought that was a great word. Right. <laughs> he, he was, you know, he was, like, probably the most excited. Right. And the most, you know, he really, he tried to put himself out there and call people commendatory. It right. It was lovely. He even, um, well, we'll get to that in a second. He he goes on, on, like, their day off or whatever they have. I don't know what, like, Christopher's still doing drugs. Yeah. But he goes off and he decides to like go visit a cafe, right? He goes to the only one that has English language writing on it, which right. is so touristy. Like yeah. you, you know those places when you travel abroad, right? right? Yeah. The places that are going to be touristy. It says like Napoleon Express or something. Yeah. Um, 
And he's sitting there and he's having his coffee or whatever. And he says to some guys at a table, commendatory. Yeah. And then who and looks who over at him? Who turns around? David Chase. David Chase. Creator of the show. <laughs> Wearing all black. I mean, he's, not he's, responding. He's supposed to be Italian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was dressed like a suave Italian man. Yeah. But there's something about that. Like, I think that that scene, all the characters in Italy who Polly interacts with and is so excited to see yeah. and interact with and say this one word <laughs> to, all of them respond with, like, the most banal things. Like, one of them asks if he's from NATO, and he's like, you cut our ski lift. And yeah. He's never getting what he wants. Like, his romanticized image of Italy yeah. kind of comes crashing down. And, like, even, for instance, like, when he goes to the Pisha Du, yeah. he's to go to the restroom. He can't go because he goes in and he realizes the, like, kind of ugly truth of, like, that, you know, those rooms that are there or whatever that, like, everybody there just kind of deals with. Like, it's not all romantic and glitzy yeah. and beautiful. And so I think that's a key moment, like, in an episode that's written by David Chase... Directed that he put by himself him, in. That he it put himself in. I mean, that's it. I mean, yeah. that's that's a big deal. So I think, like, them being so excited about Italy, mythologizing mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. and drawing their value system from this old country, mm-hmm. and having a sense of identity that comes from there. And when they go, they're so excited, but then when they interact with it, nobody's interested, and people just live normal mm-hmm. lives. And so David Chase doesn't even dignify him with a response. Mm-hmm. He just kind of, like, turns around and vibes him. Yeah. And there's something to that. Totally. Like, that's almost like a central part of the show. Totally. Yeah, no, I, it was, for me, it was a really important scene. I think it is also, like, I thought what you said about the mythologizing. Like, I think that's also David Chase trying to, like, bring us back to reality in some ways, you know? And, like, yeah. um, And it happens throughout the entire episode. Like, when he's with the prostitute, when Polly's with the prostitute, and he says, Ariana Alpino, sorry, anybody who speaks Italian, that was horrible. Yeah. But, you know, he's so excited. He's like, you know, our families probably knew each other. And she goes, yeah, Ariana Alpino. She it's goes, like, it's over right there. over there. Yeah. So it's like, it's so immediate for them. Like, it's just like, that's a place over there. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. But they've built up, yeah, like mythology about what these places are and what it means. And yet it's meaningless to the people who actually live there. Yeah. I was going to go back to, I... Um, I said that Polly was kind of good at Italian, but I wish I were, I wish I knew about Italian to hear right, probably how bad they yeah. are, right? Or like, maybe it's kind of like, you know, like Quebecois French where it's like a, like they must speak an older version of Italian. You know what I mean? Like that it's like some kind of like, it's not the Italian that Italians speak. Right. And I don't even know if like commendatory, like that was maybe just like a hotel guy, you know, like hotels right. kind of have these right like chintzy kind of. Yeah things like yeah i don't know someone can tell me yeah if that's something that people actually even say yeah email us and tell us about yeah. Italian. <laughs> yeah. please just clarify that for us um we have also even back in soprano land we have some references to the old world um with carmela and her friends continuously listening to andrea bocelli's yeah. song What's it Conte called? Partiro. Conte Partiro. Conte Partiro. Or Partiro, yeah. Um, which, again, and, like, even, I forget who says it, like, oh, God, with this song, like... Yeah. Uh, that's. I feel like that song is, like, the soundtrack to Carmela's arc in this yeah. episode. It's actually, it's really interesting. First of all, the way that they bring in the song yeah. is super fascinating. So the first time we see it is with it Pussy. It starts when he's coming out of the And it starts with him. Party yeah. Story. yeah. And obviously that music isn't there, but then they cut to Carmela and... 
Rosalie and Angie. Yeah, and uh, the song is actually like referenced. So mm-hmm. we have like an example of like diegetic music that's like actually happening there. But the mm-hmm. way they edit to it is coming from like a suspended disbelief mm-hmm. of the music happening. And then that happens again actually with Tony. And then it cuts to in Italy. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to Carmela. And then Janice is like, ugh, again with this yeah, song. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. it happens multiple, multiple times. And like we were talking about earlier, I feel like at the end of the episode, that's kind of when it reaches the apex of Carmela's arc for this episode and maybe even the entire series so far. It's like reaching a crescendo. And actually that happens earlier too where they're playing the song and it reaches like the final part. Yeah. And then Annalisa takes a swing with her golf club. Right. So there's like this like rising crescendo of the song. Like it's what about raising. the part where the drums happen? There's like a drum, like a marching <laughs> well, this is like, drum. <laughs> the, I think this is like really like truly like the end. It's like mm. could not be more epic. Okay. It's like a joke almost how okay. epic it is. But then she makes her golf shot. And I feel like that's almost indicative of, like, cracks are starting to show for Tony yeah. to Carmela. Like, she's kind of on this process during this episode of realizing the power she actually has. Yeah. And it also makes me think, like, based on Tony and Annalisa's um, relationship so far, maybe it's also signifying that, like, his undoing will be his interaction with woman on the whole. Right. And his interaction with woman outside of his marriage. Right. So his infidelity. Yeah. Him kind of philandering. Is that a word? Yeah. Okay, philandering. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. And yeah. then I think that, like, that last scene is so pivotal. And then, again, they use the music to emphasize Carmela kind of getting somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I had to look up what Conte Partiro meant um, because I needed to know. I know, like, there is this, like, English version of the song, which is, like, Time to say Time goodbye. Time to say <laughs> goodbye. Um, but Conte Partiro, in what I looked up, actually means with you I leave. And so, And so that is kind of interesting. Again, we, like, can overanalyze this shit to death. Yeah. But at the same, like, he, like, Tony left Carmela at home, right? She didn't come with him on this business trip, right? And that's in the English version, like, time to say goodbye mm-hmm. kind of thing but the actual meaning of it like and again with this kind of like old world values kind of thing it's actually like with you I leave right so it's like let's both go to Italy <laughs> kind mm. of thing I don't know there, there was something to that also like right and again with Carmela loving this song so much like and we we hear it twice in this episode and I feel like we hear it in future episode too I feel like it comes back yeah um well yeah Maybe uh, with maybe. Furio or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's I, I feel rough, like we yeah. hear it again, but um, yeah. there is something to that. Like, there's this, like, bastardized kind of version of it in English. Right. Um, which I think, like, was more, <laughs> was more popular than the original Italian version. Right. Probably. Well, there's um, something to that because it's yeah. actually, like, no, <laughs> this is kind of, I mean, it's kind of a trashy song in some ways. That's not, like, high art no. or that cultured. No. And in fact, yeah, it even kind of reflects, like, the use of music in this episode. Like, when they're sitting down at the table in Italy, there's more sophisticated music. And then whenever Christopher has a scene, it goes to, like, more, like, kind of, like, lowbrow or whatever, you know, like, lowbrow Italian music that signifies, like, that that character is having their moment in mm-hmm, the episode. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that. And the other thing about Conte Partiro is they directly link that song to divorce because as that song is playing and crescendoing... It reaches its apex in the scene with Rosalie uh, 
Angie and Carmela. Right, when they're when, at the restaurant talking Yeah, and when it. Angie says, I'm going to file for a divorce. Mm. That's when it reaches the peak. Oh, interesting. So there's an association between that song and building towards a divorce, specifically. Yeah. So that's something that we have that's really interesting. Yeah. And yeah, and I thought it was it was interesting just the way that they used music to signify characters in this episode. Yeah. Um, we also have more, like I noticed it more than usual, maybe like music starting in one scene and then going into another scene yeah. where it is diegetic. Like mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just noticing it more in this episode. But no, I think there was more in this episode. Yeah. But I mean... David Chase doesn't do anything. Well, the other interesting one was um, as Tony's driving into the compound, you have these like cinematic strings, which yeah, is very which unusual I think for this show. Not from anywhere. Yeah, like, which is unusual for this show. Yeah. Because there's such a sense of realism, that doesn't happen that often. But then it gets broken as they get to the compound. They're playing hip hop. Yeah. You know, like Italian hip hop music. I know there's a bunch of shitty Italian hip hop music. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry if you're a big fan of Italian hip hop. Val just totally slandered you and your musical taste i think it's shitty wow yeah that's fucked up saying it (laughs) um yeah what else about so yeah so like i don't know like this is the only time we get this kind or no yeah this is the only time we get this kind of return to our home i kind of in some ways wish like as the series goes on we do get more like we explore kind of further like tony's obsession with the history channel yeah um, you know, different aspects of Italian-American culture, mm-hmm. right? Like, we haven't actually got that deep on that kind of stuff yet. So in some ways, I wish that this episode, I wish we had, like, another trip to Italy or something. Right. I don't know, because I just feel like there's a lot there for these characters. Totally. And for other and for the characters who didn't get to go. But Yeah, well, there's some travels. Carmel has travels that's later right. on. So. She goes to Paris, yeah, though, doesn't she? Yeah, there's yeah. I thought it was interesting in the end seeing the reactions of the three characters from the mob family who went to yeah. Italy. Polly, Tony, and Chris. And, like, just looking at the way that they're acting. Yeah. So you have, like... I think we have to talk about Christopher We'll for get a there. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, in the end, he just looks dazed and drugged. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all that he's coming home with. Yeah. Like, he wasn't processing any of these things. I just, like, I just wish he could have gone <laughs> to the volcano. I never noticed. <laughs> it makes It makes me really sad. I can't really talk about it too much. I'm getting that. Yeah, it seems to be a pressure point. No, it really is. <laughs> like, I mean, like I've said before, I think Christopher is my favorite mm. storyline. And yeah. so, like, his stuff really does impact me. Um, but I that scene where you can hear, like, the hotel announcement in the background saying, like, the whatever trip to Vesuvius yeah. is leaving now. Yeah. And then it's some shitty Italian hip-hop, I think, playing <laughs> in the background. Ooh, double hit for you. <laughs> And we see him lying in a hotel bed, just like kind of like half cross-eyed, like petting yeah. this prostitute. And, um, yeah. 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 It's like, it's kind of our first, like, remember I, I mentioned it a couple episodes ago, how he was talking, like there was this, like brief mention to him cooking. Right. Right. Which would, was our only indicator that he was doing mm-hmm. heroin. Yeah. Right. But like, then we see when he notices, what's his name? Tano? Maybe. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think so. Tano? I believe so. Yeah. Um, We notice, like, his track marks, right? And we see, like, that's how Christopher identifies him as someone who Mm -hmm. he could hang out with. Right. It's awful. It's really, like, 
It's really awful. Yeah. It may, it also, like, is a little bit confusing for me. Like, I know he tells Polly, like, he has stomach flu or whatever. But, yeah. like, nobody else really notices. Right. Well, we'll see how long that can hold up for. Well, I mean, yeah. It's pretty hard to be a high-functioning heroin addict. Yeah. yeah. But, so yeah, but I mean, but yeah, the show was really introducing that into back. into Christopher's they arc. Are. I mean, talking about his arc as a character who directly references that and talks about he wants to have an arc. I mean, there's I something that's happening right now that's changing his character. I know. And his place in the world. And then he picks up Adriana uh, from the duty free Effendi bag and a bottle of Campari. <laughs> Is that a good present? It's a good present, but... <laughs> Could have been better. I mean, maybe that's what he would have got her anyways, but he would have gotten in Italy, right? I think that's right. kind of indicative, again, kind of of this, like, returning to your homeland or whatever. Like, yeah, those are two things that come from Italy. Yeah. That's correct, yeah. right? Like, at least he didn't mess it up and... Right. Get something from somewhere else. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but they've been, like, Americanized, and they'll have, yeah. like, American labeling on them. And, like, it, it'll yeah. be, I mean, to someone who knows anything, it'll be, like, almost immediately clear that that was right. the case, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't talk about Yeah, well, and in some ways, there's not that much to even talk about because he's kind of just going off the deep end. And yeah. that's kind of the extent of it. Like, all these things that were kind of talking about and piecing together he's not capable of engaging with things that way the same way he has been in previous episodes because he's just drugged out now. yeah yeah but i thought it was interesting yeah like in that last thing you have chris just kind of sitting there you have tony looking kind of like contemplative looking out and angry and you have Polly looking actually like really relaxed yeah. and actually like happy to be yeah. seeing the sights that We've come to recognize of New Jersey with this show of, like, industrial decay and bridges and factories. But they're all kind of dealing with it differently after their trip. So it's interesting where they all end up and how they all interact with Italy when they're there. Yeah. I was just going to say, just going back to Christopher momentarily, uh, the excuse that Polly makes for Chris at that first dinner on the first night is that, oh, he's gone down to get a gift for Adriana. Right. Which, again, like, we know that he didn't. That was, like, the excuse, right? right? Like, he should have been getting his girlfriend a gift while he was there. He should have been going to yeah. Vesuvius. That's what you do when you go away somewhere. Right. You and know. I guess you sell some stolen cars. You sell some stolen cars. Italian, yeah. It's what, you know, it's just and what you do you on a trip to Naples. Go to Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> yeah. I thought, so, yeah, with that, too, there was some interesting parallels between New Jersey and Naples culture. First of all, the scene with the firecracker, the, the right. kid... Um, there's something actually too about that that kind of related to Godfather too, the way mm. that that was shot, like the kid coming out and his mom screaming yeah, after him. Was that very... was similar to the original Don Ciccio scene. Yeah. But just like Tony kind of grappling with like how the mob runs there, like yeah. the violence is almost on like another level. I think he kind of liked it. Interesting. See, I don't know if I got that, mm. but it's possible. That's definitely a possible interpretation. I think he at least was, like he didn't not like it. I thought he was almost like yeah. For me. A little bit. He was, like, kind of, like, concerned or off-put by it. But okay. I don't know. That's okay. just me. But then also all the scenes of um, food that would happen in Italy and then in New Jersey. So, obviously, well, like, ta- yeah. Ta- yeah. No, I was going to say he tells Carmela to bring the kids to Great Wall or whatever, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Great suggestion. Yeah. Well, even in that scene, actually. So, after the original scene where they're talking about food and Polly asks for macaroni and gravy... Um, it cuts to that scene where he says to go to Great Wall. Carm's actually making red sauce and pasta. Yeah. 
So she actually has the pasta out. So she's actually making those some like some kind of meat. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if she was making her ziti like us. No. <laughs> she wasn't. But yeah, oh yeah, Polly reference Polly's like, have you tried this octopus? And Tony's like, stop interrupting yeah. me. <laughs> He's like, no, it's a big deal for me. Yeah. Right. I thought I have kind of some like stray observations. Well, we at didn't this really point. talk about marriage, but well, the one that I wanted to talk about actually—that was what I was going to bring up—is yeah. um, the scene with Carmela and Janice. Janice doesn't have yeah. much screen time here. Just that. Scene. But even even that's amazing. Like that, this show has a critical scene like that that really doesn't take that much time, but also like progresses where we are with Janice. Mm. Her talking about Richie like in basically like a line of dialogue. Yeah. We're almost like moving forward like in this episode yeah. where she in is time. with Richie. Yeah. And talking about it with Carmela. It's just it's so efficient. Um but that's a really interesting scene. So where she's talking to Karma about Angie Bompensero and then she kind of owns up to the fact that she's actually talking about Carmela. Mm-hmm. And Carmela is kind of coming to grips with that. And I think that that's part of her journey to get to the end of the episode where she starts to change her conceptions of what that means. And it's interesting to see Janice and her perspective on all these things because it kind of morphs back to actually being about Carmela. And Janice is, again, just kind of like sowing discord. And eventually it's interesting too because then Janice brings up these things about Richie and then Carmela's able to turn it on her. She's kind of like laughing at her about like how clueless she actually is in her own life. But when she leaves, she's like laughing, but she's clearly unhappy. So yeah. she's clearly, like, reflecting on what Janice has said. And she's realizing that there are major problems in her relationship and in her life. Yeah. Also, just as of note, she makes one, con- like, I guess Janice has been to Italy. She says, oh, Italy, it's, like, no big deal or whatever. Right. Because like, she thinks that Carmela is upset about that. Yeah. Um, which Carmela is, you know, clearly actually probably more upset about the Angie Bompensiero thing. Right. But she's like, oh, Italy, like, why are you still thinking about that? Like, when I went there, it just, like, got harassed, mm-hmm. got sexually harassed all the time. Yeah. So it's interesting to think about, like, yeah, like, a t- an Italian woman going to Italy, and that's Janice's impression of it. Right. I mean, you know, Janice's point of view is obviously really skewed, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, just a couple little things on the marriage thing that I had, because um, I think it really did come up as a theme, and we start to see, like, the yeah. dissolution of some of, or, like, the potential dissolution of these marriages um i think it's really tied in with religion and i like you know Mm -hmm. from my own catholic family i can right um also think about that but um we have a lot of focus on people's wedding rings at different Mm. times so like we have it for both carmela and for annalisa interesting there's like really clear really clear camera shots that focus on those um we have a lot of references too, right? Like when, like when Angie says, like again with the religion thing, when Angie says, like I think I'm gonna get a divorce, we have Rosalie making the sign of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, we have like Pussy saying Jesus Christ when Angie told him about the lump right. or whatever. Um, we have references like you mentioned when Janice or I think. Was I forget who it was who it was said to, but like I guess Carm Carm is talking. Well, actually, sorry, when she's talking, when Angie she goes over to Angie's place, mm-hmm. and she says things like marriage, marriage is, is a sacred, sacred bond institution, or sacred yeah. institution. Family is a sacred institution. Also, there's like something about family later. Um, she says like things like you know what the church says. Um, I love when Angie they talk about 
um, well, actually, it's when Janice and, and Carmela are talking about pussy, and they say he's an adoring father. Oh, no, he's super macho. They talk about his gumars. They talk about the Madonna horror complex. They talk about marriage being a holy sacrament, family being sacred. And I love later when Angie says, like, well, let the Pope live with them. Yeah. Then I think that's a great line. Right. But so we see, you know, all these kinds of... Um, like tight bonds that these characters are tied up in in terms of their marriages. We don't really see that in Italy, right? Like we all we know about Annalisa is that her husband's in jail. They do focus it on her wedding rings for right. sure, but she's a little bit more she well, she's way more free. Yeah. than these other characters are totally. to to live as women. So, um yeah, I just Definitely. Yeah. No, that's good. I had there was a few things actually at the beginning, just some stray things. I mean, the whole first carjacking scene yeah. with Churchill the dog running away. Yeah. Just like the collateral damage of Tony's lifestyle and then like the edit from that to so this family kind of being like torn apart. Um I mean not completely torn apart, but clearly like affected and damaged and hurt and like impacting children yeah. and their relationship, you know. Um and then Tony is so happy looking at the pictures These of the car like taken. he's so content he's so in his element and just the fact that as a character he just thrives on other people's misfortune yeah but really... it's never like directly related to him really no yeah no it, it requires the misfortune of others for yeah. him to capitalize on it yeah and then the other thing that i thought was really interesting is as they're watching godfather 2 trying to watch it. trying to watch godfather 2 pussy is asking questions about Junior, yeah, and he's the only character who has a tracksuit that's zipped up. Everyone uh, else is just wearing like an undershirt or like a t-shirt or uh, like a polo t-shirt. That's... No, Silvio has a very weird shirt on. It's like yeah, but blouse. nobody has like a jacket that's like actually. Yeah, but he's wearing like a leopard print blouse, basically. Well, he wears some weird shit. <laughs> yeah. But even yeah, just like looking at what people are wearing at in that scene, there's yeah. something about him just like kind of like concealing something yeah, and he of does. himself he, more he, like, when he than gets the other. Kind of like a negative response to the stuff about junior yeah he kind of asks again it's interesting it makes me wonder if he's wired at that moment i think there's definitely like an implication of that yeah 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 me too yep well that's great i like going to italy it was fun i liked eating ziti that was fun fun. what else was fun talking about sopranos was fun yeah watching sopranos was fun Mm -hmm. uh if you make meatballs make sure to dip your Italian bread in water. That's a nice trick. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping will be fun. Yeah, lots of fun things. Alright. Well, hope you had fun. Yeah, we had fun. And we will record a new episode uh, soon. Yeah. Okay. See you then. Bye.